0: Hello knowledge seekers. In this episode of 20-Minute Books, we delve into the pages of Reagan, authored by the distinguished historian H. W. Brands. This biography offers the quintessential exploration of Ronald Reagan's remarkable journey. With Brands' expert narrative, listeners gain intimate insight into Reagan's beginnings in Illinois, his charismatic foray into Hollywood, and his ascent to Governor of California but perhaps most profoundly, we trace Reagan's evolution to the pinnacle of American politics, serving as the nation's president and his influential role on the global stage during the pivotal era of the Cold War. H. W. Brands brings an exceptional pedigree to this work. Not only the chair of the history department at the University of Texas at Austin, Brands is also a prolific author with over 30 books on American history, to his name and has been twice nominated for the Pulitzer Prize. His expertise promises to transform our understanding of Reagan from a historical figure into a vivid, multifaceted character whose legacy reverberates in modern American conservatism. Reagan is a must-listen for those who believe they already know the narrative of this political icon's life. It is equally essential for history enthusiasts and anyone seeking to comprehend the foundations and evolution of contemporary conservative thought. Join us as we unpack the life and influence of a man who left an indelible mark on America and the world. Reagan, The Life, Introduction discover the man behind the conservative revolution. Ronald Reagan stands as a pillar of conservative ideals in American history. To many, he symbolizes a transformative era when the United States turned a political corner, embodying a shift towards a definitive conservative agenda. But beyond the polarized perspectives that paint him either as a saint or a scapegoat lies a complex individual whose life unfolded like a classic American tale. From humble beginnings in Illinois to grand moments on the global stage, Reagan's path was marked by a series of small steps and giant leaps. His adeptness at engaging audiences, first on church stages and later in front of half a million strong crowds during his inauguration. Showcased an innate talent for communication. This skill would not only propel him to the presidency, but also help him navigate the precarious dance of diplomacy during Cold War tensions. As you embark on this exploration of Reagan's life and influence, you'll be privy to the surprising inspirations that shaped his political ethos, the pivotal role of emerging media in crafting his public persona and even curious details like an astrologer's influence on the presidential schedule. These insights not only draw a fuller picture of Reagan the person, but also provide depth to our understanding of his impact on the nation. Learn about Reagan's admiration for an unexpected political icon. Growing up, Ronald Reagan was an admirer of a leader many might not associate with his conservative leanings. His youthful enthusiasm for this politician reveals an interesting facet of his evolution as a public figure. Who this politician was, and how their influence echoed through Reagan's career, highlights the often surprising nature of political development. Witness the ascent of a political star through the lens of the small screen television, a medium gaining immense popularity during Reagan's climb to fame, became an unlikely but powerful ally. It played an instrumental role not just for its ability to transmit his ideas to a broad audience, but also in its capacity to capture his charismatic ease and comforting presence, helping to solidify Reagan's connection with the American people. Discover why the stars aligned for presidential decisions. Among the colorful anecdotes of Reagan's presidency is the revelation that an astrologer's readings were used to schedule important events. This fact, as peculiar as it might seem adds another layer to the narrative challenging the traditional image of political decision making and illustrating the personal quirks that can sometimes shape public affairs as we delve into the life and legacy of Ronald Reagan prepare for an intriguing montage of moments from the flicker of stage lights in a small town church to the intense glow of global negotiations it's a journey through the past that illuminates the ever-changing landscape of american politics and the individuals who have steered its course. Part One, From Humble Beginnings to Center Stage. Ronald Reagan's early memories were a mixed canvas, a father battling alcoholism, a devoutly caring mother, and a young boy seeking solace in the spotlight. These were the ingredients that, perhaps unbeknownst to him at the time, were preparing him for a life under the scrutinizing gaze of the public. His childhood in the wandering grayness of Illinois echoed with the pangs of poverty and the discomfort of constant change. With each move, the young Reagan found himself resetting the clock on friendships and battling the stigma of the new kid on the block. Not the best at sports and grappling with the challenges of his father's addiction, Reagan unearthed a sanctuary, the stage. When he stood at the podium delivering speeches at his mother's church, the laughter and applause were more than just an audience's response. They were an elixir for Reagan's diffidence. This revelation was potent, anchoring his love for performance and foreshadowing a future lit by camera flashes and captivated audiences. College years in Illinois brought both the rigors of academia and the seduction of theater. Reagan's scholastic efforts might not have been noteworthy, yet his charm and stage presence signaled a different type of ambition, one fueled by the warmth of the spotlight. His involvement in student politics may have started as a quest for attention, but it inadvertently set the stage for political aspirations that would flourish much later. Furthermore, with eyes wide amid the silver flickers of cowboy tales and dramatic silhouettes of silent films, Reagan cradled a dream he kept close to his vest. To the world he was a budding radio sportscaster, but within, he yearned for Hollywood's grandeur. The year 1933 marked a significant personal chapter for Reagan. It was a time when President Franklin Roosevelt's voice filled American living rooms with hope and resolve, and Reagan was an avid listener. The fireside chats informed more than the nation, they offered a masterclass in communication for an attentive Reagan. Radio became a stepping stone. It was a medium where he honed his craft, but it wouldn't be his summit. An ostensibly routine work trip unfurled the first inklings of destiny when Reagan reached out to an acquaintance navigating the challenging waters of Hollywood. Her single glance at Reagan without his glasses, her terse yet life-changing introduction to her agent, Was the ante to an exhilarating game of chance. Warner Brothers, the name synonymous with cinematic history, became more than just a studio to Reagan. It was a gateway. The telegram offering a seven year contract disrupted his train journey back to normalcy. His response was impulsive, indicative of a dream too perilous to let slip. With a flick of the pen, Reagan opted not to return to the familiar path, but to embrace the magnetic pull of an uncertain yet luminous future in Hollywood. Part 2. The Actor's Transition to Political Advocate In the late 1930s, Ronald Reagan's journey took a definitive turn as he navigated the glamour and scrutiny of Hollywood. His fresh face and wholesome appeal may have seemed lacklustre to the craftsman behind the scenes, yet Reagan's everyman charm quickly found a sweet spot in the cinematic landscape. While makeup artists and wardrobe handlers were initially underwhelmed, Reagan soon established himself as a darling of the silver screen, with his innate ability to connect with audiences shining through. Success brought with it not just the glitz, but also a sense of stability. He was able to buy his parents a home and offer his father employment. Romance blossomed as well, as he tied the knot with the ascending star Jane Wyman. The war years, however, meant a change of script for Reagan unable to be drafted due to poor eyesight, he contributed to the war effort from the studios, becoming the patriotic figure in propaganda that rallied troops and boosted morale. Despite this, the post-war era had Hollywood and Reagan facing a shifting landscape. The magic of his Hollywood career began to fade. Opportunities dwindled, leaving Reagan to seek new stages. The political machinations of the Screen Actors Guild beckoned, and he stepped into the role of vice-president. Here, he discovered a different type of performance, one that required not just emoting, but deliberating and leading amidst the tumultuous political climate of the time. Communism, on the rise during America's economic hardships, had found sympathizers within the industry, stirring discomfort in Reagan. The battle lines were drawn not just on the silver screen, but on the streets of Hollywood, as strikes and ideological clashes became the new normal. Reagan's alliance with the studios over the unions during these times solidified his standing as a beacon of conviction, earning him both the SAG presidency and the esteem of Hollywood's power players. The stage was set for his political drama in 1947, when Reagan took his anti-communist stance to the halls of power in Washington, testifying before the House Un-American Activities Committee. His testimony underscored his belief that the film industry was capable of managing its ideological battles internally. Meanwhile, the accused Hollywood Ten faced professional exile as the blacklist came into effect, an action Reagan publicly endorsed. This testimony was not just a defense of an industry, but a curtain-raiser for Reagan's deeper engagement with national politics. His advocacy hinted at a comfort with the political limelight reminiscent of his ease before the camera. Even as the black list shadowed Hollywood, Reagan began scripting a new role for himself, not as an actor, but as a burgeoning politician ready to shape and be shaped by the American narrative. Part 3. Rise of a Conservatism's Champion As Ronald Reagan's star in Hollywood began to dim, his personal life underwent a tectonic shift. His marriage with Jane Wyman faltered just as her career flourished, leading to a separation that left Reagan adrift at a personal crossroads. But as one chapter closed, another opened with the entrance of a young actress named Nancy Davis. Nancy, with a combination of determination and charm, made sure their paths crossed, setting the stage for a partnership that would endure for over half a century. At the same time, the entertainment landscape was transforming. Television, once considered a lesser medium, was rising to prominence, pulling audiences away from movie theaters and reshaping stardom. Recognizing the shift, Reagan shifted along with it, embracing the new medium that was rapidly becoming central to American life. His transition to television was catalyzed by an offer from General Electric, which saw potential in the former actor's affable persona to host their series and serve as a corporate ambassador. This pivot to a televised platform brought an unexpected boon to Reagan, the cementation of his conservative worldview. Touring the country and connecting with heartland audiences, he began to realize a growing dissonance with the Democratic Party. By 1962, the metamorphosis was complete, with Reagan reconstituting his political affiliation as a Republican. The Republican Party he joined was at a crossroads of its own split by an ideological tug-of-war between moderate voices and staunch conservatives like Barry Goldwater. Goldwater exemplified a conservative movement that married the principles of limited government with an aggressive defence policy amid the Cold War tensions. When Goldwater secured the Republican nomination in 1964, Reagan stood at the ready to champion their shared ideals. Taking the stage for Goldwater... Reagan delivered an address that would echo beyond the auditorium walls. His capacity to blend seriousness with subtle wit, to weave compelling narratives with clear, relatable examples, transformed a speech into a spellbinding performance. Reagan wasn't merely addressing an audience, he was conversing with the nation, rallying a grassroots movement of supporters who responded with financial backing that poured into Goldwater's campaign coffers. This address conducted on a national stage marked the dawn of Reagan’s status as a political heavyweight. He had not only earned recognition beyond his Hollywood accolades, but had crystallized a set of beliefs that would define his political identity. Through this grand oration, Ronald Reagan stepped forth not just as a servant of the screen, but as a visionary architect of modern conservatism, ready to shepherd a movement and script a new American epoch. Part 4. Reagan's Command of the Golden State. As the 1960s roiled with transformative cultural shifts and political awakenings, California found itself at the heart of a conservative counter movement seeking a return to traditional values. Amidst this backdrop, Ronald Reagan emerged as the favorite candidate for governor, a testament to his alignment with the growing conservative sentiment in the state and nation. Reagan capitalized on the societal appetite for conservative principles as he laid out his vision. His campaign strategy sharply criticized the burgeoning student protests, particularly targeting the University of California, Berkeley, which had become a hotbed for activism. His rhetoric was also tinged with references to hyphenated Americans, invoking a rhetoric of unity under a single national identity rather than a divided one based on ethnic or racial lines. This messaging, whether contentious or celebrated, resonated with voters and catapulted him to victory in the California governor's race. Assuming office, Governor Reagan embraced an overarching framework of small government and individual liberties. Yet, governing proved more complex than campaigning. The ambitious goal to truncate taxes and slice government expenditures faltered against the hard realities of fiscal responsibility, leading to a substantial increase in taxes. Reagan's tenure also saw conflict with higher education institutions. After hiking tuition fees, student protests flared, meeting with a forceful response from Reagan's administration, the involvement of state troops, and even the usage of tear gas from helicopters showcased a governor willing to assert authority amidst unrest, actions that stirred controversy but affirmed his resolution to constituents. Despite turbulence, Reagan's gubernatorial run was potent enough to earn him a second term. Meanwhile, on a national stage, the Watergate scandal reached its climax, and the resignation of President Richard Nixon signaled an opportunity for Reagan. With no clear successor for the GOP and the path to the White House beckoning, Reagan understood that maintaining public engagement was crucial. Rejecting the overexposure of television, Reagan astutely chose radio to bridge the gap between his governorship and a presidential run. His short radio segments touched on broad conservative themes, favoring principle over policy, and showcased his talent for soothing oratory. It was a strategy of engagement that reinforced his presence in the minds of citizens. A voice familiar and firm, comforting yet commanding. By the time he concluded his broadcasts, Reagan had forged a connection with tens of millions, setting the frequency for his next ambitious challenge, the American presidency. Part 5, A Political Gamble and the Road to Triumph Ronald Reagan's decision to challenge an incumbent president within his own party felt like a Hail Mary pass. It was 1976, and at 65 years old, Reagan was aware that time was not an endless commodity. He had no qualms about the potential fracturing of the Republican Party or about going head-to-head with the institutional advantage wielded by President Gerald Ford. Though Reagan was defeated by Ford in the Republican primary, the exposure catapulted his visibility to unprecedented heights. Yet, rather than rallying behind Ford, Reagan took a calculated risk, one fueled by his conviction that America needed to be disabused of moderate republicanism. In his eyes, a Ford defeat and the subsequent rise of Jimmy Carter would spell out the shortcomings of the moderate stance, a necessary prelude to the conservative resurgence he envisioned. Reagan's foresight materialized when Carter, beset with foreign policy tribulations, faced plummeting approval. The Iranian revolution, with its symbolic hostage crisis, branded Carter's presidency with a stain of perceived ineffectiveness. As Carter floundered, Reagan's bid for the presidency in 1979 emerged as a rebuttal to the incumbent's vulnerabilities. The timing of Reagan's campaign was serendipitously aligned with the electorate's discontent. When the Soviet Union invaded Afghanistan, it gave Reagan's steadfast anti-communist rhetoric even greater resonance. It was, however, the downturn of the American economy that sealed the deal for many voters. Reagan's victory was not so much a win as it was a referendum on Carter's presidency, with the electorate choosing Reagan's promises of smaller government, economic revitalization, and assertive foreign policy over Carter's embattled administration. As president, Reagan was greeted with scepticism by many government agencies, apprehensive about his smaller government philosophy. However, departments like Defence and the CIA both pivotal in the context of the cold war embraced his victory well known for his clear-cut views reagan once bluntly summarized his cold war strategy my theory of the cold war is we win and they lose such pronouncements encapsulated the essence of reagan's presidential tenure defined by straightforward intentions and a resolute pursuit of american victory in global confrontations reagan's ascent to the presidency built on a platform of unambiguous objectives and bold commitments, signified a new era for the United States. An era in which Reagan's vision of a dominant conservative nation would test its mettle against both its ideological adversaries and its internal expectations. Part 6. A Presidential Triumph Amid Adversity When Ronald Reagan stood before the nation to embark on his presidency in 1981, His mission was clear-cut. Invigorate the American economy. His dual approach, slashing taxes to kindle public fervor and curtailing government expenditure to address fiscal discipline, appeared straightforward. Before Congress, he laid out a comprehensive four-point economic strategy that necessitated legislative backing. His momentum was abruptly derailed, however, by an attempt on his life, a disturbed individual, aiming for infamy and the attention of actress Jodie Foster, pulled the trigger. With a bullet lodged perilously close to his heart, Reagan faced a critical moment that tested both his physical fortitude and his presidential resolve. The successful extraction of the bullet after a harrowing surgery heralded a sigh of relief across a shaken nation. While the president grappled with the aftermath, First Lady Nancy Reagan was engulfed in fear and anxiety. Her concerns for her husband's safety driving her to seek counsel from an unlikely source, an astrologer. Melding celestial insights with the presidential itinerary might have confounded staffers, but for Nancy, it represented a coping mechanism in a world where control seemed tenuous. With Reagan's recovery came a surge in his approval ratings, but legislative progress on his economic plans stalled. Turning to his time tested strategy, Reagan directly appealed to the American people. Through a televised address, he explained his economic policy with humor and clarity, urging viewers to voice their support to Congress. The roar of public phone calls to Capitol Hill echoed the nation's endorsement, and the budget, with its stark reductions in various federal programs, passed. The consequences of the budget cuts were widespread. From education to food assistance, housing support, and the arts, Each sector felt the tightening grip of austerity. Yet, to President Reagan, these were the necessary measures to recalibrate the nation's fiscal health and to reinvigorate its economic ethos. Stemming from his days as a Hollywood communicator to his rise as the chief executive, Reagan considered the economic overhaul as his crowning legislative achievement, a pivotal jolt to align the country with his vision of conservative governance. As Reagan reveled in what he termed the greatest political win in half a century, the United States ventured into an era marked by his unwavering commitment to reshape the nation's policies and ideals. Part seven, the highs and lows of Reagan's global chess game. With a domestic policy victory under his belt, President Reagan found himself plunging into the treacherous waters of foreign policy. The spread of communism in the Caribbean, Particularly, the strife in Nicaragua between the U.S. supported government and the Soviet backed Sandinistas posed a weighty challenge to his administration. The Reagan doctrine was unambiguous. The spread of communism must be curtailed. This campaign led to clandestine operations, including arming the Nicaraguan Contras and sanctions that didn't always sit well with the international community, such as mining Nicaraguan harbors. These activities mirrored Reagan's combative stance, which portrayed the Soviet Union as the evil empire, a reference that solidified his anti-communist posture. Yet, Reagan's foreign policy juggled bravado with diplomacy. His administration maintained a tough public facade while covertly pursuing discussion avenues, notably in the realm of arms reduction with the USSR. Here lay the paradox of Reagan's Cold War tactic. Ramping up defense efforts was his strategy to compel the Soviets towards disarmament discussions. As the 1984 presidential election loomed, Reagan's statesmanship shone through during his visits to China and Europe, depicting him as a figure of global stature. On the home front, Democratic candidate Walter Mondale sought to capitalize on his party's midterm successes and hinged his challenge on Reagan's advancing age especially after a lackluster debate that raised concerns about Reagan's mental acuity. Age became a focal talking point, but Reagan diffused the issue with characteristic wit, promising not to exploit Mondale's relative youth for political gain. His strategic counter to concerns about his age, coupled with an improving economy, propelled Reagan to a resounding electoral victory, capturing all but one state. Embarking on his second term, one ambition seemed to eclipse all others for the re-elected president, reshaping the global nuclear landscape with the intention of securing a lasting legacy. Part 8. Opening Dialogues with Gorbachev. The world stage shifted in March 1985 with the ascension of Mikhail Gorbachev as the General Secretary of the Communist Party of the Soviet Union. Reagan's team saw potential in this new leader, identifying him as the reformer who could breathe life back into stagnated US-Soviet negotiations. With optimism in the air, Reagan initiated a correspondence through Vice President George H.W. Bush, expressing earnest intentions for serious dialogue. Domestic concerns, the economy, and ongoing tensions in places like Nicaragua remained at the forefront of Reagan's agenda. Meanwhile, the inner workings of his team underwent a rearrangement. Notably, his chief of staff and treasury secretary swapped roles. This unprecedented shuffle led to questioning of Don Regan's suitability as the new chief of staff, with scepticism emanating from no lesser figure than First Lady Nancy Reagan. However, Reagan had his eyes on a grander prize, orchestrating a face-to-face meeting with Gorbachev. Advisement from hawkish members of his administration did little to dissuade him from pursuing what he believed to be the key to thawing Cold War barriers, personal diplomacy. His conviction led to the planning of a summit in Geneva set for November 85, marking the first in a series of direct engagements between the leaders of the rival superpowers. The Geneva meeting, while not groundbreaking in terms of policy achievements, was successful in establishing a personal connection between President Reagan and General Secretary Gorbachev. This rapport was instrumental in scheduling further summits, an outcome Reagan considered a victory in its own right. Back on home soil, Reagan shifted focus to a comprehensive overhaul of tax legislation. His proposal to lower tax rates and seal off loopholes represented his commitment to equitable fiscal policy, with the expectation that such reform would strengthen the entire American economy. Using his communication prowess, He embarked on a national campaign, speaking directly to citizens, conveying the merits of his tax plan. After considerable persuasion and leveraging his public appeal, Congress was moved to action, resulting in the most significant tax reform since the Second World War. Yet, as Reagan's domestic policies gained traction, the international front prepared to present a host of complex challenges. Threatening to test his administration's adaptability and resolve as emerging crises loomed on the horizon. Part 9 Reykjavik, a summit of stalemates. The world was abuzz with anticipation as Ronald Reagan and Mikhail Gorbachev geared up for a pivotal summit in Reykjavik, Iceland. But as the international spotlight focused on the prospect of historic arms negotiations, Reagan's administration grappled with burgeoning crises elsewhere. The Lebanese civil war raged on, with American captives held by Hezbollah ensnared in the conflict. The administration's covert attempt to negotiate weapons for hostages with Iran inadvertently escalated, spawning additional transactions but yielding meagre results. Parallel to this, Congress and the President were locked in a tug-of-war over funding the anti-communist Contras in Nicaragua leading to secret and unsanctioned maneuvers within his own team. Notably, Oliver North funneled proceeds from the Iran arms sales into Contra coffers without presidential consent, a controversial strategy aiming to maintain Reagan's plausible deniability. Yet these issues percolated in the background as Reagan's attention zoomed in on Reykjavik, set to be a crucial juncture in the Cold War narrative. With the cautiously optimistic approval of Nancy Reagan's astrologer, the summit was confirmed, marking a fresh opportunity to bridge the nuclear gulf between the superpowers. Hawks within Reagan's party braced themselves with a clear directive. The president must not concede ground on the Strategic Defense Initiative, SDI, commonly known as Star Wars. Meanwhile, media pundits questioned Reagan's readiness challenging whether the president would present substantive proposals for arms reduction. The summit opened with a surprise when Gorbachev yielded to the US stance on Europe's intermediate range missiles. Reagan, somewhat unprepared for this overture, faced the dilemma of reciprocity. The talks hinged on the pivotal issue of SDI, which Gorbachev proposed to be confined to laboratories for a decade a term Reagan could not accept without alienating his Republican base. As talks unfolded over the weekend, the immovable object of SDI met the irresistible force of Gorbachev's condition, creating an impasse that perilously undermined the summit's goal. The final toll revealed a summit of aspirations unrealized, where strategic brinksmanship cast a shadow over diplomatic progress. Reykjavik's outcome was perceived as a letdown with Reagan absorbing much of the public's disappointment for the missed opportunity. What could have been a defining moment of concord had settled into a narrative of stubborn deadlock, with both leviathans retreating to deliberate on their next moves in the Cold War chess match. Part 10. Legacy of the Great Communicator In the aftermath of the summit at Reykjavik, President Reagan found himself at the center of an escalating scandal. The revelation that America had traded arms with Iran, coinciding with the release of hostages in Lebanon, ignited a firestorm of skepticism and controversy. Reagan's fervent denials of any quid pro quo arrangement did little to assuage the public's doubt. Amidst the tumult, it was uncovered that funds from the Iran arms dealings had been funneled to support the Nicaraguan Contras, bypassing congressional restrictions the legality of the administration's actions came under fierce scrutiny. Oliver North, the architect of the scheme, was dismissed. But the damage to Reagan's credibility was palpable, culminating in his lowest approval ratings. The stage was set for internal White House shifts as Reagan's chief of staff, Don Regan, came under fire. Nancy Reagan's discontent with Reagan was echoed by the president's advisers, leading to Regan's embittered resignation and the exposure of the First Lady's astrological consults in his subsequent exposé. Yet despite these challenges, Reagan's inherent charm and masterful communication skills began to temper the lasting impact of the scandal. Reagan's final years in office morphed into a celebratory circuit, with the Republican Party heralding him as a defining figure. His endorsement proved influential in securing the presidency for his successor, George H.W. Bush. As Reagan departed from the Oval Office to the lucrative lecture circuit, the specter of Alzheimer's disease began to cloud his remarkable mind. A man once renowned for his eloquent speeches now faced the erosion of his memories. Diagnosed in 1994, Reagan confronted the illness with the same resilience that characterized his public life, with Nancy always at his side. Ronald Reagan's death in 2004 marked the end of an era, but his legacy persisted. Dubbed the Great Communicator, his speeches weren't just words, they were resonant calls to action that signaled a seismic political shift. Reagan's presidency ushered in an era of robust conservatism that recalibrated America's political compass and remains a touchstone for conservative ideology to this day. Final summary. The essence of Ronald Reagan's impact on history is found not in his attention to the minutiae of policy, but in his broader vision and his unparalleled ability to connect with the American people. His journey from a small town boy to the highest office in the land was marked by a consistent reliance on his innate charm and a simplistic approach to complex problems. Whether navigating the choppy seas of domestic reforms or steering international relations during the Cold War's climax, Reagan's folksy humor and relatable storytelling resonated deeply with the audiences he addressed. His presidency represented more than just a timeline of events. It signaled a bold departure from the liberal policies of preceding decades and carved a new path toward a conservative future. Through his speeches and public appearances, Reagan cultivated an ethos of confidence and assurance that transcended the day to day of Washington's political machinations. His legacy, as exhibited by the transformative ideas he championed, has profoundly altered both the domestic landscape of American politics and the global dynamics of power and diplomacy. As the great communicator, Reagan's broad strokes painted a different America, one that continues to reflect his influence and ideology long after his presidency.